Welcome to It's Broadway, bitch. I'm Alana. I'm the Broadway. I'm Christina. I'm the bitch. This is a podcast where I, Alana, the theater expert, explain the plot of a musical to Christina, the willfully ignorant. Christina will weigh in on her initial thoughts. Then we'll go watch the musical with varying degrees of sobriety. We then reconvene and Christina gives us the hot take. We're rolling. Ooh, how exciting. What kind of rolling are we doing? Um, I'm rolling on a river. Get out. Because I got a good job in the city working for the man every night and day. Well, I'm really just, I'm caught between like hair rollering and rollerblading. (laughs) Hair rollering? Like rollers in your hair. (laughs) Rollering. (laughs) Um, anyway, welcome back. Yeah, I'm back, baby. (laughs) Spring break 2021. Spring break 2021 in July. (laughs) Spring came early. So I think it's late. I think that's the opposite of what it is. I know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, welcome back to this Broadway, bitch. We're tired. We're so tired. Never been more tired than I am right now. Which I think is going to make for a very unique recording experience. Today we're talking about something that you and I both already have a passion for, which is Elton John. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> We've talked about him a lot on this podcast. He is, he should be a patron saint. He's not yet, you know, it's kind of like working for the church. You gotta die before you can really become a saint. <laughs> you know, maybe if he just really, like, puts his nose to the grindstone and, like, maybe really... one day Sir Elton John will be good enough. <laughs> If he, like, really, like, rolls up his sleeves, puts the work in, maybe he'll be good enough. <laughs> anyway, you and I are both feeling different kinds of, of just, like, exhausted by life. And so we were texting, and I was like, hey, listen, I know that we have, like, serious things to watch and talk about, but what if we just, like, watched Rocket Man and then talked about that? <laughs> and it's kind of always been in the background. <laughs> And you know, Rocket Man might legitimately be my favorite movie. Like, if, like if you just ask, like, what's your favorite movie? It might be Rocket Man. That might be my answer. It's really good. It's it really is really good. And I think that it would transfer to Broadway to like a stage production extremely well. Everything is already set up perfectly. Just the way that like the numbers are already full choreographed numbers, it would do great. It's so interesting to watch it again because um, I've seen it once before. I saw, like, you you saw it in theaters, did you not? I did. I did see it in theaters. Yeah, and I saw it, I think, when I came to, like, Hulu mid-pandemic. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And you were like, I know fucking right. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just been living in my mind rent-free since then. But it's weird to watch it now, having, like, so much formal musical watching. Because I see parallels of, like, different stage shows and how I think it would translate and what I think it mimics or does better. Yeah. Should we jump in? Oh, yeah. I was gonna say maybe they're waiting till he dies, but I hope they don't because I want him to go to opening night. You know, I want Elton John to attend opening night of the Elton John musical. That's what I want. I feel like there has to be, I mean, there's a lot of 
Disney musicals that are like exclusively Elton John. So like saying like, oh, let's get a jukebox musical in here. That's just Elton John on Broadway. Like that's not going to be a new thing. But like, like it would be like the Elton John biopic, you know, yeah. like the biography. It yeah. would be like the Tina Turner musical as opposed to like Mamma Mia, which is the ABBA jukebox yeah. musical where it's There's a different There's a plot. Tina Turner musical? There is a Tina Turner musical. Uh, there's a good? Donna Summer musical. I think it's good, fine. Um, I don't know that much about it. But it's like the Cher show. Yeah. Those kinds of shows are having a moment right now because I think people are running out of material. I mean, the biggest source of most materials for everything is just like one person's lived experience and all those people have had wild experiences. Yeah, I was going to say like Cher and Elton John have had insane lives. Tina Turner's have had an had insane a life. Wild life, yeah. Yeah. I was listening to Cher yet- while I was having like a full panic attack yesterday. <laughs> having a manic breakdown and then madonna came on on like this like 80s share playlist and i was like how dare madonna i need share back <laughs> so <laughs> i'm on board for any kind of share musical that we want to talk about <laughs> anyway rock and man <laughs> <laughs> yeah you want to just like jump the fuck into it let's jump the fuck into it and i'll start with also every single male actor that's an adult in this that isn't like the guy who plays Elton John, the, every, like, Bernie, yeah, all, of his Edgerton. all of his lovers, like, I'm fucking into all of them. I'm so into all of them. They're all <laughs> so hot at every single point. Taron, I don't know if it's Egerton or Edgerton, however you pronounce it. He is so perfectly cast. He looks almost identical. He gives me some Josh Hutcherson vibes because he has, like, a very yeah. square head. Yeah, um, but so does Elton John. Yeah, and he has, like, the teeth. He is, like dead ringer he's perfect they covered the songs they covered all the elton john songs and they reimagined them which you think is something great that they did with rocket man it's kind of like when they redid great the great gatsby in like 2012 and i was ready for them to try and give me boring 20s music and instead they're like no we're gonna throw britney spears in here and just give you a pop vibe on like a fun old-timey visual and this kid did a great job at covering some iconic music it was really impressive how he sounded so much like him, mm -hmm. you know? It wasn't, like, exactly, because, you know, they're not the same person, but it was the exact perfect amount of, like, you sound like him. It's mm -hmm. nice and reimagined, but it's enough for me to believe that you are Elton John and not a yeah. guy playing Elton John, yeah. um, which is impressive. That's the mark of a good actor, you know? Good for him. There's a lot of really good acting in this, and I think we'll yeah. get to it as we go, because we'll talk about, like, the big lines that stuck out to us. Yeah. So the first song which is my favorite Elton John song, actually, which is really nice that that's what it starts with, is The Bitches Back. So the whole thing is kind of set up as Elton is at his first, like, AA meeting, basically, and it's all sort of set in that framework, and he's a sort of in a flashback sort of thing, which I find to be a little cheesy. And there has to be a moment where, like, Elton John is, like, sharing his story, and then his younger, like, five-year-old self walks in and he has to, like, make meaningful eye contact before the five-year-old begins to sing the bitches back and, like, takes you back into the flashback. But once we get there, it's amazing. So here's the thing I will say about this particular child actor. At no point was I upset. Um, I, I thought he did a great job. And as much singing as this kid did, he did justice to it. And that means a lot coming from you specifically. <laughs> like, I because was engaged. <laughs> we, You've shared on this podcast how you feel about child actors. <laughs> and children in the media. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, we get taken on a journey and it's like a really fun opening because we get like, bam, doors open, Phoenix devil costume, glittery horns and wings. And then we meet the childhood him. And he's just like, you're going to have me really talk about my childhood, really? And then we get into his childhood and we're seeing the bitch is, about, the bitch is back about his mother. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's always funny to see a child say bad words. It's you so know? funny, always. And this kid is screaming the word bitch and he's just singing his little face off, you know? And it's, it's perfect, too, because we have Elton and him walking through the world and they do a great... This entire movie is really well put together as far as the lighting is done. Um, and the costuming. The costuming is part of his narrative, but the lighting that they give it is very important because we have him in his Phoenix costume that is vibrant orange, like nearly on fire. And then 1950s UK with very muted colors. It's overcast. The saturation is turned way down. And it's a really fun, like flash dance choreography, which you and I historically love. Yeah. <laughs> and we have him dancing along with his kid self and then we jump into the journey from here yeah this movie their huge production numbers are so exciting because it's so good at like the one sweeping shot where they don't do a whole bunch of jump cuts it'll be like you follow him and he's walking down the street and then things are happening around him and it's just one smooth camera moment which i like because it feels more like you could be watching it on stage the thing that sort of takes it out. I want to say that this was something James was talking about in our Cats episode, where you just, you miss choreography in a movie because you're just not seeing everybody at the same time. And the less cuts you have in film, the more it feels like you're watching like a cohesive, almost theater piece. You get a better sense of that. Yeah, I did notice that. That was something that I'll talk about later because there's one particular transition that I think is incredibly smooth. Um, but they do a very good job of relating moment to moment. And in all points of his life, we get a jump from literal time sequences where the kid is growing and it feels like nothing is, is really changing. We're still in the same moment. Um, and they do that with big dance scenes that like really bring us in. So it's a great, it's a great we're in a good spot already, and we've done it with some things that I historically don't like, which is a child. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was when we'll say that you and I, uh, I've always been a fan of Elton John because I, my father and I have only ever been able to talk about like two things, which is like hiking and music and hiking is really more of his thing than it is mine but i've always liked elton john whenever we played like the radio station and then you had a renaissance of elton john maybe like 2017 it was 2019 uh, because this all happened in the same year i like was a recreational elton john fan i enjoy with socially i really enjoy (laughs) yeah (laughs) socially elton john fiscally billy joel Every once in a while at a party, we'll take a little on John, but you know. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I was a fan of like, you know, the Lion King and like the road to El Dorado. And those were the sort of things like I knew I was aware of like your song. I was aware of Tiny Dancer. Like I'm pretty sure I played your song for you like a million times in college because I was like, wow, he has ballads because Crocodile Rock is in Tiny Dancer or like what I uh, know him from my childhood um and tiny dancer 
doesn't feel as much like a ballad to me. Yeah. Like um, uh, so I was like aware of him, but I wasn't like, those were the songs I could name. You I know? really need you to know that I haven't gotten over socially Elton John fiscally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think that I've, I've pitched a lot of merch ideas, but I think that's actually a really good merch idea. <laughs> uh, comment below <laughs> if you'd buy that hoodie, you know? <laughs> I absolutely would. I'd wear that. I'd wear the shit out of that. <laughs> we might have to get custom hoodies. You and I will just screen print only two and we'll just wear it. <laughs> um, hilariously, this is not the first time that you and I have considered like getting very personalized paraphernalia for one specific experience. Well, this is the best one. <laughs> this is a good one that like you could wear it out in public and it wouldn't like if people read it, they wouldn't be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Because I think the last one we had was something that had to do with John Mulaney and also your father on a t-shirt, which truly only a few people would understand. <laughs> There's also a few words like you and Shrek, like, anamorphed together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very niche. <laughs> yeah, socially Elton John, fiscally Billy <laughs> Fiscally, I'm I am Piano Man. Give me a cup of bread. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So anyway, I was, you know, recreationally into Elton John. And then uh, he had his farewell Yellow Brick Road, like, last tour ever. And my mom had tickets to it. And my dad couldn't go. So I got to go and sit in, like, the floor section at the San Diego Sports Arena. And I walked in, the, in there being like, yeah, I'm familiar with Elton John. And I walked out of there being like, I've been a fan of Elton John for 50 years. Like, I've been a fan since the beginning when he first hit the scene in the 70s. <laughs> Here's the thing about that exact phrase is that I'm pretty sure you texted me in the middle of a concert. Yeah. And was like, <laughs> was like, round up the cats, girls. We have been fans of his for a hundred years. Yeah, <laughs> like I've been alive since for the whole time you he, know he birthed you with his mouth yes <laughs> ew first of all would you prefer all, him to birth you with his vagina i feel but like second of all be- yes though <laughs> like gross but true <laughs> we're in song one and it's already gotten wild <laughs> Um, but he sang all the classics. Like it was the first time I heard things like Border Song. He did Border Song. Mm-hmm. Um, he did Benny and the Jets, which was a song I had heard but didn't realize was by him. He did Your Song. He did, you know, Crocodile Rock, all the classics. And I was like, I have loved this man forever. And ever since then, I was like, I'm a rabid Elton John fan and I have to know everything about him. And it was conveniently timed, probably on purpose, that this movie came out after that tour, like in the same year. Um, so I had uh, 2019 right before the pandemic was my Elton John awakening, you know, my Elton John renaissance, as you said. Yes. Um, and it was really good. You took it You took it to levels of commitment that I was really astounded to see from you. Yeah. If you um, follow me on Instagram, at the, I took like full videos of that, like certain numbers and I put them on Instagram. So if you want to see it, we sat pretty good. We got pretty good seats. Um, he's old, so he wasn't like jumping around like he did in his past, but he mostly sat at the piano the whole time. But like, he wore a lot of glitter and I enjoyed that. Here's what I said to someone instead of saying, ah, you know, growing old, I said, you're more brittle now. 
Yeah, well, it's not wrong. <laughs> he's, he's more brittle now. So jumping yeah. isn't as easy. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. Um, I cannot believe that I was not alive when Elton John and Billy Joel went on tour together. I'm furious that I fucking missed that. I have that feeling quite often about a lot of different bands. I'm like, I cannot believe that Led Zeppelin had their like last concert before I was even born. <laughs> like as someone who is, you know, socially Elton John, fiscally Billy Joel, how yeah, dare no, no, my parents is- not think of that in time? <laughs> <laughs> We'll you know? Elton John. We'll see what we can do. Is Billy Joel still alive? I feel like he's yeah. dead. No, oh. he's not dead. We'll get them both on here. We'll, yeah. we'll have them account for their sins. <laughs> <laughs> Repent. <laughs> uh. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, the bitch is back. <laughs> it's my favorite Elton John song. So we jump into some storyline and we learn about how, as a child, his mother was not a nurturing, loving person. She was structural and she was there, but that's the extent of her function. His dad was a disappointment to him. His dad was disappointed in him. His dad was distant and sounds like he was like a traveling salesman or something. I guess he was just absolutely not present at all. Yeah, and he was like, he actively decided not to be a part of Elton John's life. Um, And then we have Elton John's grandma. I don't know whose mom it is. I assume it's the mom's mom. Um, I would assume so. She is the most nurturing caretaker figure that we have for like a long fucking time. Yeah, she's the one that pushes him to like actually pursue music. She's the one that takes him to his like Royal Academy of Music audition. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know how factual this whole little sequence is, but it's it really, is, it, it would be wild to me if it was like actually what happened. Because Homeboy is fucking good at music, if that's correct. You know, the fact that he could just hear ear. music yeah. once and just be able to do it, you know? I mean, I'm pretty, child prodigies are like that. That's like not an unheard of thing. It would be wild to me if he had a very specific experience where he like walked in. I feel like this has to be semi-factual. Like, it something about this. Yeah. Um, we'll not look it up, but listeners, let us know. Yeah. Because um, we have a fun little sequence where he, like, jams on the piano for a little while. He No, he's they're listening to the radio. He matches what's playing on the radio by just ear. And his grandma's like, he could be fucking good. And his mom's like, okay, I guess take him to the auditions. He walks into the auditions. The teacher is playing A famous piano. piece of music. Yeah, I don't know it, what it is. And then that's where she stopped. And she's like, You didn't bring any music? And he's like, I didn't know I had to. And she's like, Well, can you play anything? And he goes, Yeah, I can. She goes, Well, go on then. And he starts playing that. And he stops. And she's like, Well, why did you stop? And he says, That's as far as you got. And so we realize, Wow, this kid's fucking musical genius. And then we jump to him in a bar and we get Saturday Night, right? That's the next thing. We do have one more song. It's I Want Love. Oh, it's very sad. Yeah, he sings it as a child, uh, like an older child. And his mom and his dad all sing it together. And his grandma might sing a little bit too. Yeah, Um, it's a very sad sequence. Uh, It's very potent and telling. Because it's, I think it happens around like... Elton, whose name is Reggie at this point, is, you know, fucking good at music and wants to share it with his dad because all he ever wants is his dad to, like, pay attention to him for one second. And 
Is it? It might be right after he saw his mom banging some other guy. No, this is this. That happens later. Okay. Um. Either way, it's a sad song where the three of them sing about how they want love, um, and how they can't get it in different ways. Um. And I think it's a strong choice to have the parents sort of sing it with him. Yeah, um, I mean, every single parental finger. See, it, it's all around this time that he does see this happen. So I can't remember anymore if it is before or after this, but. This is basically the last time that we hear from the dad for, like, the rest of the movie. For the Um, rest of his childhood, yeah. Yeah. And um, I think this jumps into the part of the musical that is incredibly operative for me as far as a jukebox musical goes, where we're integrating the lyrics of songs as both big entertainment pieces and functionally creating the feelings that the characters are having. And it's not in a way that takes us completely out of the moment, but it pauses time to emphasize the feeling, which I think is something that you took a long time to try and show me that musicals do. And it's something that usually doesn't land with me. Yeah. Um, But I thought this did a good job of like taking a moment out of time, not delaying the plot and giving us the feelings of the, the people. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that song. Let's get into the song that we want to talk about. <laughs> yes, because we're about to get a great big number yeah. right here. And you were right where, like, after Reggie takes starts taking piano lessons, he is brought to a pub to perform in a pub that his, like, mom and grandma just sort of take him to and are okay doing that. <laughs> well, he's at, he's got Elvis hair at this point, too. So. He's got his Elvis hair! Yeah, he's got his little rock star hair. Uh, his mom has a new boyfriend who is, like, actually pretty cool. Yeah, he's, like, a the nicest person, nicest adult outside of his grandmother. And, and we get just pub culture in the uk is so different than it is here so being like a child at a pub it's not that wild you know but yeah he's like hey i'm gonna play something he starts to play something classical and every and his grandma goes play the one that i like guy sits his beer on the piano and he goes you might want to move that and the guy goes why and he goes it'll not it'll get knocked over and then we get a jump sequence into this like sliding piano like saturday night it's so fun he's got elvis hair we have a dance sequence he's running through the bar everyone's dancing he's running on the streets oh. yeah and it's like like he's like busting through the window like yeah. it's, there's like a bar fight that happens in the pub and they're like smacking each other and he like like gets like thrown through a window and then he's like running into the streets he gets to like a carnival which is the perfect location for a huge dance number <laughs> and then we transition from childhood him to what's his fucking name the actor taryn 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 is hot as hell i love this man yeah like young like 18 year old uh elton john like <laughs> yeah. is like yeah. about where this is at yeah, and we just get wild, like, dance numbers. Everyone's wiling around. And then he goes back into the bar and he ends it as, like, part of a band with a bunch of other dudes. And then yeah. he gets offered a spot on the road. It's a really good way to fast forward in time. Yeah, we've done, like, three transitions right now. This is maybe my favorite, like, upbeat song. This is great. This is really good. It's a really good one. It's a bop of a song. Um, The choreography is great. Um, Really good job, again, with, like, the camera tracking, um, where it's a really seamless transition where all of a sudden he's an adult. Um, It's so fun. Like, it's just true. It's just joy, you know? Which is nice, because uh, Homeboy's about to go through a lot of shit. (laughs) But it's nice to just see him having fun before, you know, fame drags him down. 
Agreed. Okay, keep going. The next one is technically, it's called Breaking Down the Walls of Heartache. I think it's just one of the ones that uh, the band that oh, he's the, back that up for. Yeah, he yeah. spent some time on the road, and then he he has his first kiss, and he talks to the lead singer of the band, and he's like, how does a fat kid named Reggie from wherever become a songwriter? And the guy's like, write fucking songs. And then we kind of introduce him to the record label people. Yeah. Um, he says that weird th- this is also when he changes his name to Elton John because this one guy he's talking to is like, so some weird cryptic shit about like, you have to kill the person yeah. that you were in order to be who you want to be. I'm like, that's dramatic. <laughs> yeah, he does go, he goes uh, hey Elton, think of my ch- changing my name. Elton's like, oh yeah what too? And he goes, Elton Dean and Elton goes, well that's my name. Yeah, <laughs> his friend with that same name. <laughs> And then we see him at the record producer, and he's like, Elton. And he sees a picture of um, John Lennon. Legend. Which one? It's John Lennon. It's not John Legend. <laughs> it's John Lennon, but then I think of it's John Lennon, I Lennon. I think of, of the Lennon. Beatles. <laughs> I think of Lennon, like the dictator. Well, like whatever, helps you rem- whatever helps you remember. <laughs> uh, anyway, he sees John Lennon. And he's like, Elton John, that rolls off the tongue, just like nobody's business for some reason. So, yeah, uh, just to give a little context, the record producer being Ray, like the young one, um, who I think is pretending to be his dad or his boss or whatever. At the his boss, time, I don't think it's his Who's dad. mean. Ray yeah. is the one that like pulls for them and like actually like gets them where they need to go, um, yeah. even though he's just like a little punky kid, but he's hot. Is, he's so hot he's so it's hot. sort of That's what i meant to say with all this. Yeah. <laughs> um and in the middle of it we find out ray's not the one in charge but ray's like hey see what you can do with this song he hands him a packet and this is how we meet bernie because he's the songwriter and elton can write the music and bernie can write the lyrics and i, I want bernie and elton to be romantically involved so much because they just have such good chemistry but it's also what makes them really good like brother material yeah it's tricky um because you know elton john is coming to terms with his own sexuality already um and you know you take two i actually don't know where i'm going with that um but when they first when they first meet yeah like in that little cafe it is so sweet and bernie is such a little like cinnamon roll to begin with (laughs) you know he is cinnamon roll like indeed (laughs) <laughs> they they are clearly like vibing from the beginning like, yeah they do the thing that like is actually pretty common in the uk where they like start singing a song and then finish singing the song together um which is something that you and i would never do i mean you and i would do together after years of friendship in our own home but would never do out loud in a public place after just meeting each other you know yeah but it's very um, english to do that apparently but yeah, they move in together. And this is where we hear Border Song. Border Song is like the one example that we have, which to show that, you know, like Bernie writes the lyrics um, and then he will give the lyrics to Elton and Elton will do the music and be the one that ultimately performs it. Mm-hmm. And he, they do that for a bunch of songs, but Border Song is the song that we hear. Yeah. Um, which is good because I love Border Song. Yeah, it's 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 a real good time. Um, it is. It is one of those that we kind of pass through as we move yeah. on to other things. It's a montage song. Yeah. Um, it's just the one we hear while we see all of that happen. And then we find out, we come to terms with 
Elton's sexuality. The guy that their band is touring with outs him at the table to Bernie, which is like, bro, fuck off. And then we get a really lovely moment where Bernie's like, hey, just chill, dude. I still love you, but um, your girlfriend might have an issue with that. Elton tries to kiss him, um, which is weird because... Elton yeah, Elton tries to kiss him? Yeah. When? Elton, like, leans when they're drunk? They're, like, up on the roof. Um, they are living together. He's, like, sort of dating the landlady. I didn't um, think that Elton had tried to kiss him at this point. He goes in. Um, mm. Bernie is like, I... Uh, you know that I love you, you know? Yeah. You know that I love you, but not in that way, which is the coolest way he could have responded. Yeah. Um, that's how we know. It's a bummer that it's the one boy that he can't have because he's the one that would be so nice to him. And so yeah. many people down the line are so mean to him. <laughs> Um, which is, you know, tales old as time. Well, but. also, just based off of how we see Bernie progress, we think that he has a shit together, but I don't necessarily think that anyone was going to be, like, good for Elton at the time. Yeah. Like, Bernie was a good friend. That doesn't mean he would be a good partner. Yeah, but he was, you know, like, I, I you know that I love you, but I can't love you in that way. Yeah. Also, your girlfriend, who is in control of the place that we live, probably yeah. wouldn't be happy <laughs> Yeah, to hear that. Um, and then they get kicked out and they're living with Elton's mom. Yeah, they get kicked out in like a brutal way because he yeah. dumps her. <laughs> yeah, he dumps her. He tells her that he's a homosexual. And she throws his piano out on the front steps, which is just a feat of strength, man. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like a tiny little thing. So like, yeah, she's her. adorable. She's adorable. Yeah. Uh, um, what's our next song that we're getting? Um, It's your song, which happens after... They're moved in. Uh, Mom says some, like, gross mean shit about, like, I knew you'd come back because you're nothing. Um, And two grown men are living in her. I guess they look older, but they're, like, 22, 23. And, like, I'm 26 and living with my parents. So I can't shit on them all that much. I mean, Elton does walk down with an open robe in his, like, panties. So, you know, just a little bit of boundaries would be nice. But, yeah, we get... We get a visual of Bernie has written this song. Elton takes it to the piano room. He starts to put music to it. And Bernie goes and takes a shave or whatever the fuck. <laughs> he takes a shave. <laughs> but it's a very lovely moment because, you know, Elton's it's after Elton has been kind of a dick and his mom's been kind of a dick and he's just sort of plunking around. And it seems like they've been at uh, like a low point, like a low inspiration point. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's like putting together a masterpiece and everybody in the whole house hears it and like comes to yeah and he's serenading the words of they do a really good job of picking the sections of the songs that directly apply to the scene that they've set and again we have like a beautiful musical moment where we're feeling all the feelings and everyone's doing it together yeah and we're led to believe that elton is singing it to bernie you know yeah and bernie like realizes and it's like a nice moment you know like yeah. it could be mean but like it's a good cathartic way it's funny to me that like we're supposed to feel silly like sweet about it because it's like he- bernie's the one who's writing these songs bernie's writing the lyrics to this <laughs> you know yeah but you know no, situational yeah recreationally yeah but i mean your song is the one that sets it all off because then then they record the song 
Yeah. Um, and then that's when Ray gets them the gig at the Troubadour in mm-hmm. L.A. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, things take off. They're going to L.A., baby. Like, the Troubadour yeah. is where shit happens. So that's the catalyst for it, which is good because it's a rockin' song. <laughs> it is a rockin' song. And then we get we get a really fun scene where we, like, go to L.A. Elton gets fucking anxious as shit. And then he, like, <laughs> after has he has his little meltdown, he just stands up and was like, okay, why is everyone reading around? Let's get on stage, which is a trope yeah, that he, I love to no end. He has like a full meltdown in the bathroom and he like locks himself in there and he's like, I am not going out there because I think, hasn't Bernie like come in and he's drunk he's and like, he's like, I just talked to Neil Diamond and all of these yeah, people, like yeah. famous people that are at the bar waiting to watch you and Elton's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And he locks himself in the bathroom and he's like, I cannot fucking go out there. Are you kidding me? And Bernie's like, no, you're going to do great. And Ray comes in and is like, you were going to get your fucking ass on that fucking stage and you're going to fucking do it. <laughs> Yeah, and that and this is the start of the end uh, to any kind of happiness that Elton was really ever going to have because we meet Mr. Scottish Hottie in the middle of an entrancingly performed Crocodile Rock. Yeah, um, they there's a lot of fishbowl effects in this movie where we just get like anti gravity shit, and it's so effective. It's so good. Yeah, and it's because this is, like, an extremely iconic moment in Elton John's life, like, in real time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, photos of him wearing this outfit with the overalls and this shirt with the stars and the glasses. And there's that one picture where he's, like, he's jumped up on the piano and he's, like, completely horizontal. So I assume it's to, like, commemorate that. Yeah, um, but it's it, this is when we start to get, like, drug-crazed, trance-like scenes where we still have we're still gonna have big dance numbers but it's it's a lot more like acid trip this is where i started to have like the joseph and the technicolor dream coat like crossover um i think this does it a lot better but a lot of the transitions moving forward are gonna be essentially like an acid trip transition yeah because it was when he starts drugs yep. <laughs> drugs and we meet the hot scottish dude who's so hot and so mean yeah, I since this is like the ninth time I've watched this movie, as soon as he arrives on the scene, I'm like, boo! <laughs> <laughs> um, immediately, as soon as he shows up, even though he's super hot, I'm like, get off my screen! And I really, I really felt that this time around. Um, yeah, it was fun. I, yeah. I just, I love a pretty face, and he's yeah. so pretty. But they finally meet at the party after like yeah. the after party from the troubadour where for the first time Bernie and Elton are heralded as stars yeah. and before they super meet Elton sings tiny dancer because he sees Bernie like go yeah, off he goes with off. a girl yeah with a lady friend and after he sings the song that's when Scottish guy whose name I never once caught it's John of course it's that's lame <laughs> Elton john and john are you kidding me <laughs> well it's reggie it's reggie dwight for like most of his life whatever <laughs> but after tiny dancer that's when uh john i guess goes up to elton john and actually introduces himself and you know i know that he's hot but homeboy really does like suck the joy out of a room doesn't he there's <sighs> 
I know that you know this as someone who has gone on an emotional journey, but there is something about a man who can control the situation that is inherently sexy, even if it's not necessarily controlling it to be a happy situation. And he's not actively malicious as soon as we meet him. He's not like bringing joy to the situation either. He's definitely like quieting it down, but he's exerting an amount of like self-confidence that is inherently sexy. Yeah, he's just not fun. That's why. No, he's not. Like he's powerful and he's like sexy and but he's just he's not serious. Fun. He's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Which he's a bummer. I mean it works because then they have like pretty hot steamy sex right they after. Have really hot, steamy sex right <laughs> so you know, worth it, I guess. Yeah. Uh and then we can we kind of do some jump cuts here or not jump cuts but we do some pretty big like musical transitions into different parts of performance in life yeah it's not written in the wikipedia um but it's around here where john becomes elton's manager Mm -hmm. but they do have don't go break in my heart Um, we do watch them record that which is really fun and really sweet and that's particularly when I noticed because, like, Elton and the lady whose name I can't remember, mm-hmm. very famous lady that he recorded it with. I don't know why I can't remember who she is. But they are, like, living it up in the recording booth. And yeah, they're Ray having a great time. And Ray just is, like, living his best life, like, dancing around. And then John walks in and immediately Ray, like, shuts down because he sucks the fun out of a room. And uh, Elton sees him and, like, shuts down recording so he can go talk to him. Um, uh, yeah talk to him talk to him yeah <laughs> he tells everyone to go get a beer so they can fuck in the back like yeah, come he on does. man which i listen the first person we're kind of led to believe through this i'm sure that elton has explored his sexuality with multiple partners up to this point but we're kind of led to believe like this is the first significant sexual partner and romantic partner that elton has had um, yeah, and, the, and he's in, 23 years old, and I assume yeah. John is much older if he's old enough to, like, be his manager. And there is something about the first person that you're infatuated with just, like, walking in a room, especially if that's not consistent love, if that's not consistent affection, vying for it any, any moment that you can, shutting down an entire experience just to, like, have some time to physically be with them is, it, it makes sense to me. It's a sad thing. It's a cycle of abuse. Um, that's yeah. very common. Yeah, once they're like permanently hanging out, uh, we get the song Honky Cat, which is the montage that you were talking about where, you know, Elton's a star and he's like handed champagne and they're shopping and he buys those crazy shoes and they're like living the good life. Yeah, he snorts a lot of coke. He does snort a lot of coke. Uh, but it, I did have fun with the number. You know? Oh, yeah, we had a good time. And it's um, crazy too because like we're getting these if you are a fan of elton john you're getting wild lyrics that this straight man is giving elton john and elton john's like let's let's make it fun and it is fun and i just can't imagine those lyrics coming out of just like a normal straight dude you know yeah this is also when elton is developing his stage persona with all of the crazy costumes this is where we're starting to see that we see the culmination of it in the next song, which I think is Pinball Wizard. Um, but this oh, is where yeah. we see the the groundwork laid because he has money now. Mm-hmm. So he's buying crazy shit. Yeah. And then, we, yeah, we get to Pinball Wizard. So Elton's having a basically a meltdown. Yeah. Well, it's because John was like, hey, you need to come out to your parents now. <laughs> yeah. 
you have to do that now. He specifically says, like, even I know you don't want to do it, but it has to happen. I feel like he doesn't. Does he come out to his dad and then his mom? Yeah. Yeah, because we we get a really sad scene right here where, you know, Elton is internationally famous. He's already, like, put out records and gone gold. And he goes and talks to his dad. And his dad's like, good to see you. Would you mind signing this? Goodbye. Um, And his brother's... His brothers are, he he realizes he has brothers kind of thing. And like, it's, we're led to believe that it's a shock. I don't know how accurate that is, but it's a very sad interaction, a very utilitarian interaction. And we're led to believe he never has any other interaction with his father ever again. It's really quite cruel. I was surprised, like, I mean, I have no idea how factual it is, like you just said. But based on what we saw from the father before... I'm surprised that the father didn't try to get back into his life in order to exploit him for his money. I think it's surprising and maybe out of character that he was just so checked out and would rather hang out with like his other kids from his other marriage than even address the fact that his real son is the richest man on earth right now. Well, you know? I don't think that that particularly matters to him. I don't think it's not, it's not about wealth. It's about respect and his dad we get some like pretty deliberate lines about like his dad was only serious about like real music like jazz and classics and this is elvis and and his dad doesn't think that he what he does is a legitimate profession or like a respect of music that's right um and to me this interaction is it's deeply saddening but it's also wildly within character versus the interaction that we have with elton's mom and she's established herself at this point I can see her as being like a very hard ass functional parent. Um, but we're also led to believe that she harbors love for him. Or at least yeah. I, I wanted to believe that. Um, and we have a, a phone call that like kind of destroys me. Yeah, it's a rough phone call. It's after he's like, we're led to believe that he just came from dad's house. So he's yeah. like drinking in the car next to John and uh he makes the driver like stop the car he like stumbles out screams at john because because they're on their way to a concert right they're like actively they're like you have to be on stage in 15 minutes why are you stopping the car well he also john is like you have to come out right now i'm gonna go to this phone booth in the middle of like a busy street and i'm gonna call my mom there (laughs) and then that's when the mom is so devastatingly like yeah, I knew you were gay. I always knew you were gay. Um, it's a pity that you chose to have such a terrible life, like a, such a hard life. She says, you're always going to be alone. You and will never, never be know- loved properly. That wrecks me still. Those yeah. words together. And then we immediately following that have our first visual sign of, ab- of abuse where John comes up to... Elton exiting the phone booth after having this traumatic phone call with his mother where she doesn't say like I hate you. She's still maintaining this aura of like I'm still your mother and obligatorily have some sort of affection Relationship with you, yeah. But it's not love and I'm disappointed that you're (laughs) that you're a homosexual. Um, Yeah, I'm disappointed that you chose to live this way is the message. Oh, so heartbreaking and he exits the phone booth and john comes up and like grabs him by the collar and it's like if you ever make me look like a fool again and elton defends himself pushes john off and john punches him in the face in the middle of like a busy street 
And I'm just like, dude, this is your moneymaker client. Like, even if you weren't lovers, you know, restrain your fucking self. Yeah. <laughs> Hit them where it's not going to show. Yeah. Which is horrible. Horrible. How much internalized misogyny do I have, you know? <laughs> but, like, oh, the audacity of this entire scene to, like, come at me. Oh, hated it. Yeah. I was very upset. And Elton just keeps going. He goes to the show after that. Yeah. And it's a wild, like, we see we see that really amazing scene where he's wearing like the chicken costume he's looking in the mirror he's taking drugs he's drinking and he's doing he's like trying to force the smile onto his face yeah after he covered up his bruise that started to show he's like yeah makeup on it so we see him you know just trying to force it on and then he walks out he's walking to the stage with bernie He's popping off about how he's like, because Bernie's like, yo, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I am like the number one artist in the world. I have so much money. I have all of these albums. Everything's great. And I love this. And Bernie's like, can you maybe like, don't you want to take off the costume and just like be you? Be yourself. And yeah. And then he's, uh, Elton says something like so hurtful. He's like, don't fucking tell me how to do my job. You just write the lyrics and I do fucking everything else. Um, and he storms out, but then we see, like, then we have like my favorite, I think, interaction in the whole thing where he's just said all of these terrible things to Bernie. He storms off, but he doubles back. He just grabs his hand and is like, sorry. And Bernie's like, I know. And then he goes on stage, which is nice to see that that's still there. You know? Yeah. We have our first moment of unconditional love. Uh, not our first. Yeah. We have actually a myriad of moments of unconditional love are first really being around the time where Elton comes out is forced out and Bernie's like yeah dude I'm I'm with you we're in this together and it's it's very it's a salient moment such a weird time because like there could be so many different reactions to this interaction and we do see like the willingness of unconditional love to overcome and Bernie does stick he sticks around the whole time He's not active the whole time, um, and he definitely seeks breaks for himself, but he's always in the background. He is always in the background. Um, And then Elton walks away from this conversation onto the stage, and we have Pinball Wizard, Mm -hmm. which is a fantastic excuse to see all of Elton John's costumes ever. (laughs) Yeah, we get some really good ones all together. Um, Is this the one, or is it later? I know we see a lot of costumes. Yeah. But is this the one where he comes out in like the Queen Victoria dress and then fucks up what city he's in and gets booed briefly? Oh, that's before Benny and the Jets. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead. Okay. Yeah, it's because all of the costume changes get to be a lot and it's hard to keep track of where they're happening. But yeah. we enter a montage of him just like just losing himself in drugs. Um, Because I yeah. think that he does this thing he comes out queen victoria um and then he wakes up in his mansion those two things are around the same time right yeah you're correct it goes uh pinball wizard he wakes up in the mansion he sees john actively getting a blowjob from another man on his property so he's all stressed out and then the family just shows up out of nowhere yeah like Bernie figures out that Elton's like not cool because Bernie comes in with like a couple of hot chicks and Elton's like, well, I might be missing the fun, but the fun's not missing me. And then yeah, because we do after after the family shows up, there's like a jump cut to a party. Yeah, and he's feeling moody, so he's hanging up out upstairs. A lot of pills with some 
alcohol. Oh, this is a really good jump. Okay, we have some good things here. So we have this montage of events. We have Elton realizing, like, I'm trapped by this person. All of my contracts are signed with him. He rules my life. I'm deeply, deeply unhappy. Bernie has is still around, but Bernie is continuing forward with his own story and trying to do happiness outside of all of everything else. And so he takes a bunch of pills and he goes to his pool and he says, for my final act, I'm going to kill myself. And he jumps in the pool and we get Rocket Man, um, which I think like is a pretty salient piece at this point. I do think that the very beginning of it where he is like sinking into the pool and then his five-year-old self in like a diver's outfit at the bottom on a piano is pretty cheesy i know that he's having like a drug-induced fever like dying i think that that image takes me out of it a little bit but the rest of it does get me back well Um, i think that it's interesting too because we've had this imagery of drowning since his performance at the club in la where they are able to make him defy gravity with his like big jump kick whatever but we also have like lighting and sound and like the way movement of being underwater for a little while and we kind of keep getting these relations and then we have a very long sequence of him falling to the bottom and interacting with himself and the drowning doesn't really end because even though he gets pulled out we're entered immediately into another dance sequence where it's like we have a very beautiful him interacting with himself i know it's cheesy but i thought it landed and i thought the kid did a good job consistently when he was singing well it's interesting because i didn't pick up on this consistent drowning imagery it's very like thank you for bringing that up i never even i remember like the slow motion like that you're talking about at the troubadour but i didn't attribute that to air echoing when he drowns because that is sort of the beginning of his descent there which is extremely interesting i was focusing more on the music of the song rocket man as a motif that sort of comes in and out interestingly i feel like rocket man itself wasn't that much of a musical motif as much as goodbye yellow brick road was Um, so the songs sound similar um, yeah they do is part of why um but i i know in the very beginning when Elton John is still a very small boy and he does his first piano plunking and his mom and grandma are like, holy shit, like, I can't believe that you can do that. And then there's a quick shot of him in his room, like conducting an imaginary orchestra. And that orchestra is playing Rocket Man. Um, And there are a few times where like, like an orchestra version of Rocket Man is sort of playing at sort of key moments. And it sort of echoes when he's like, like with the orchestra, it's a him and his dreamland. Mm-hmm. Um, and as things sort of go south, it shows up more. And then we get the song Rocket Man when he's dying, you know, where he's so yeah. out of touch with reality. So it goes from like representing his dreams and his potential to like he's so out of touch now that it's like a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that together with this drowning imagery is extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. And then we come out of this and we go almost fetal. We have kind of a rebirth um, because at this point he gets pulled out of the pool. His stomach gets pumped. He gets stripped. I want to say he's thrown into his sparkly baseball uniform. Yeah. And he plays um, Matt. Is it what? Matchstick Stadium? Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Because he's wearing the Dodgers outfit. Yeah. 
this was the like the transition from the pool to that where like the cast is like picking him Holding up and him dancing and on him around. Him. Yeah. When I watched that the first time, that's when I was like, this is a Broadway show. This Completely. is a theater piece. They could do this exact transition on stage. I was honestly they could very make surprised that they decided to do this not on stage because it's it's just it's not a necessary it's not a necessary stunt to pull in a movie. You can just jump cut. Um, and the fact that they decided to do it, it really brings us back into the drama of his life. And the at this point, we're jumping from salient moment to salient moment, and everything in between is just a drug-soaked fever dream. Nothing else between that is mattering. Especially because, like, we don't spend time with him, like, at the hospital. There could have been dialogue where his mom shows up and Bernie shows up and John shows up and talk to his, like, unconscious body or whatever. But it is just, like, we pick him up. He's in, like, a hospital gurney for a second. And then, yeah, they stand him up. They put him in his stage outfit and they just like shove him back out and he walks out and it's a 15 second sequence, which is extra powerful that we don't Mm -hmm. even spend time with the near death. We are just, it is a blip and we're back in it and everything's blending together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what does he sing during this? I forget. It's still a rocket man. Is it still rocket man? While he's in the Dodgers outfit. Okay. I remember because I just bought a version on Amazon <laughs> of the like a, like a women's version because that's what I'm going to be for Halloween this year. The last okay. time I dressed up for Halloween, I was also Elton John, but with the overalls of the troubadour yeah. um, because I wanted to do the Dodger Stadium outfit and I couldn't get my act together. And then I didn't dress up for Halloween in 2020. So for 2021, <laughs> I'm ready. I am ready five months in advance. <laughs> if you keep collecting those Elton John costumes, I want you to know that at some point, you, me, and Matt will go out on the town all dressed as Elton John. <laughs> ah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so we get Rocket Man. And then what's the next thing that happens? I think it's Benny and the Jets. Let me double check. Yeah, I think it is benny and the jets at some point he like really does break up with john but john's like still his manager and then that's when it's like after a particularly bad string that's when he goes on stage in the queen victoria outfit yeah and is like am i new york where am i whatever yeah as the queen and honestly gives a great fucking performance this actor does a good job this Benny and the Jets is insane <laughs> what it sort of descends into. <laughs> yeah. Because this is when he we descend into his orgy, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is the big transition. Like there are several transitions in this that I think are very artful. This is the biggest one where we have like big life changes because this is kind of I think at the end of this sequence of events, we're in rehab with him. Eventually. Because uh, him being in rehab is the very end. We have to, like, have the fallout with the mom at the restaurant and then also the fallout with Bernie. Yeah. So there's a couple things. And the fallout with Bernie is, like, the last sort of straw after that. But, well, let's just talk about Benny and the Jets for a second. Let's talk about okay. what happens in there. Um, because we have, like, his concert performance. 
But then, like, I want to talk about the orgy, you know? Because it didn't need to be that way, but it represents a lot of crazy shit, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, like, one of my favorite numbers. The visual of it is insane. It is, it is wild. It's, it's another, like, undressing and redressing uh, number. Like, I mean, I thought it was a great choice, but it's just not the first choice that I would have made to portray that. To have it just be, like... He, like, well, first of all, the outfit that he wears is amazing with, like, the hat and, like, the piano jacket and, like, the zoot suit. Like, already, I meant to text you, but it was moving too fast. Where I was like, I want that fucking coat. I want yep. that coat so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, yeah, he walks down the stairs into some sort of liminal space that looks like a bar or something. We're not quite sure where it is. And it is just, like, people of all genders, of all various clothings and just, like, limbs everywhere all touching him and like removing the clothes and then it's the men that show up to show that it's like the sexy part and then he gets like caught after he crowd surfs for a little bit um while it's a going in and out of like him at the concert and all sorts of other like memories too Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. like getting a lot of flashbacks of him as a kid um, it's almost confusing to watch while it's coming in and out while he's sort of crowd surfing Mm -hmm. and then at one point they like drop him and he's like smushed on the ground and everybody's on top of him. So he's being like absolutely smothered by it, which is again, a very artsy way to portray. You don't know how much time has gone by, which might be on purpose, but I think it sort of drops him at the end in the restaurant. Yeah, it does. Um, Because we have the next like kind of big line that he says is like, mother, I've fucked everything that moves. I've done every drug on existence. I forget how yeah. he ends that sentiment. I don't know what, like, instigated that conversation with his mom. I don't know why they were just, like, getting dinner anyway. Well, because he was getting divorced. So this is what the end of it. was. Oh, yeah, he just- got fucking married. They <laughs> <laughs> got married to that one lady for he five mar- seconds. <laughs> yeah, so in the middle of this, we have him coming out of this fugue state. And going into recording, and this lady is like, it must be just so lonely to be you. And he's like, wow, the first person who's ever empathized with me, I'm going to make you tied to me forever. I'm going to try and conform to just any kind of what I think should be normal. And at some point, we flash back to the present day where he's in uh, rehab, and they go, did you like being married? And he goes, not really. I'm gay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At their Uh, wedding, because we do see the wedding, and there's a shot of the mom being like, "Mm, not sure what's happening here. (laughs) Well, she's also smiling a whole lot, because in her mind, he's chosen to get married. He's chosen to be properly loved. Um, And John is still, like, managing him and maintaining his money. And so we go through this whole sequence of him being miserable again and them getting divorced and he's at dinner with his mom and his stepdad and he's like i'm divorced i'm whatever and his mom says something to the effect of well we have something to celebrate we're buying a house so could you please get john to wire the money through we're buying a villa in like this other country he's like you're buying a villa in another country with With the money money that with my money that my abuser controls. Yeah. Um, and I do believe his mom says, it's very disappointing being your mother. She says something so mean. She's like really, really mean to him. Yeah. 
And so that triggers another like bender, of course. Yeah. And he, I think I just am reading on Wikipedia. They talk about it so briefly where he has like a heart attack. Yeah. Um, and, and John's on the phone and he's like, are the ticket sales good? And the guy's like, of course, but it's Elton okay. And he goes, okay, well, if everything's sold out, add five more nights. Yeah. And then while he's struggling with that, we get that scene where they're on the plane and mm-hmm. Bernie's like, yo, I got to take a break, man. <laughs> like, I can't have this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Elton's a jerk. Elton says some mean shit. Um, and then uh, Bernie sings Goodbye Yellow Goodbye. Brown. Goodbye, yep. yep. Which fucking slaps. <laughs> it slaps so hard. I am the most attracted to him in this whole movie while he's singing this. And I've been very attracted to him through various different points. It's so interesting, too, because we have the, we do have the, like, americanized version of working in our minds you and i um but we see it as like bernie's not doing anything he's just taking taking along for the ride why does he need a break and if bernie needs a break and he's able to advocate it god oh god does elton need a need a break so elton says goodbye to the one thing that's potentially keeping him sane and continues into a performance where he I think this is where he leaves and he's like dressed as the Phoenix this, devil. Yeah. This is the rehab. We're yeah. finally there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause this is when he's lost it. When his, fi- his best friend is like, we got to take a break. He's like, and he's gone. His friend was yeah. like, I, I gotta have boundaries. I have to have time. Like we have enough money and now it's time to just be happy. Elton doesn't know happy. <laughs> and, all he knows is Bernie's not there and he fucking leaves mid, like as he's about to go on stage and we meet him in rehab again. Yeah. And we have the most dialogue that we're going to have the entire movie in the end because everything else right now has been dialogue interspersed with songs and all the dialogue has been very meaningful, but it has been very spare. Yeah. Is this where we get the line, uh, I've been a cunt since 1975 and I forgot to stop? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, you wear it underneath your socially, socially Elton John, fiscally Billy Joel yeah. sweatshirt. Yeah, I would love to have merch that has the word cunt on it. That is very my brand and I love that. Yeah, right. Who wants it. Um. Yeah, so this is when we get that line, and then he addresses every single person that he is holding something out for. So it's his grandmother, his mother, his stepdad, his father, um, his uh, John, the abusive lover, and then finally his childhood self, the person he thought he killed. And we get, like, the motif of, like, Reggie asking Elton to hug him. Can I please have a hug now? Which is what Reggie said to his father. Um, yeah. And Elton goes ahead and hugs them, which you're looking sweet. I was like, this is so cheesy. Like, I, I understand that it's very effective, but it's so cheesy. <laughs> I just, I want my boy Elton to, like, I know he's fine. He's fine now, but I just want my boy Elton to be happy. <laughs> Obviously, he's fine, but. <laughs> no, but he, it took a long time to get there. And every single person in his life, with the exception of Bernie, to our knowledge, used and abused him yeah but as a result the last song of the movie that he pens around that time is i'm still standing which Uh of course that was going to be the closer (laughs) and this song is fun because instead of it being like 
you know, something that progresses the plot along. It's just him recreating Elton John's actual I'm still standing music video. <laughs> Which is so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just him with his little, like, pinstripe hat and they're out on the beach and it's got all the dancers and he's just, like, hanging out. It's just a complete, like, shot for shot recreation. <laughs> Which is it so charming. <laughs> so much fun. Everyone looked like they were having a great time. In yeah. That. <laughs> I was just the and most that- on board. <laughs> Yeah, and that's when, like, I mean, obviously we know through the whole movie, but, like, Homeboy looks just like him, you know? He sounds like him, he looks like him. That's when you see him plugged in like that. You're just like, oh my god, like, this is a very good recreation. Uh, Very well cast. Um, It's very sweet. You So when we watched this for the first time, Matt had, he was like, I didn't know that this particular music video framed my entire childhood. And while he said that, you texted me and was like, I've known Elton John my entire life. Yeah. (laughs) You guys have the same, like, (laughs) you guys have the same, there hasn't been a nothing there for 45 years moment to me at the same time. Yeah, I've been a fan of Elton John since I was born uh, 65 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Which makes complete and total sense. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. We get, like, a few other small things, and we get a little, like, um, montage of real Elton and real Bernie and his life, and Elton found love and is raising his two kids and blah, blah, blah. And I really appreciate the credit sequence because we get to see just how accurate the costume design was to Elton John's, like, actual wardrobe. We see a lot of side-by-side snapshots of, like, Elton and Bernie Versus like photographs of the actual ones and how the costumes were pretty much a dead ringer. Yeah. Uh, Which I I very much appreciate as someone who. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like in a lot of recreations, either the costumes in the movies are way better. And it's kind of disappointing that real life doesn't measure up or it's the exact opposite where they like didn't quite do it justice. And it's like, no, this is a shot for everything. Everything. Like it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Overall thoughts, feelings, opinions. It's such a lovely feel-good movie, you know? I can't... I want to be on the producing team when it makes it to Broadway. I'm surprised they haven't even thought about it yet. What better way to, like, end Elton John's career forever than to, like, send him home with a Tony, you know? True. Has he... Is he EGOTed? I assume he's He could. Yeah. He could. Why wouldn't he? Well, Well, he might have won Tonys for... Lion King. Lion King and maybe Aida. He uh, composed that too. Has Elton John egotted? I don't think he has. He has not won an Emmy. That's what he's missing. How interesting. We need him on daytime TV. We do need him on daytime TV. Time for the Elton John show. (laughs) I cannot believe that John Legend has egotted and not Elton John. Honestly, I can't believe that either. I don't understand the rise of John Legend as a person. I think he got his um, Emmy from being in Jesus Christ Superstar Alive, which I'm he was really actually sh- pretty good in. <laughs> no, I thought he got his Tony from that. Jesus Christ Superstar Alive was TV. On TV. But yeah. wouldn't you... Does Tony ex- exclusively have to be a stage production? Yeah, Tony is. Tony's are Broadway. Okay. Tony's are exclusively Broadway. What was he in on Broadway? Or what did he write? I think he was on, like, the producing team of something. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, Elton John. It's a really fun movie. All of the music is really good. 
Like they didn't keep in just the state the album recordings of Elton John singing and make them lip sync to it. Um, they re-recorded a whole bunch of the songs and fitted them to the plot. Yeah. And I, I overall had a really good time. Isn't that what they did in Bohemian Rhapsody? Didn't What's His <sighs> Bucket just, like, not actually sing it? He just was dubbed over with I'm pretty Freddie sure, Mercury's voice? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, but he, it's, it's so interesting, too, because Rocket Man and Bohemian Rhapsody happened at, like, the same time. And they did. And they were received very, very differently. <laughs> um... Well, it's funny because I think Rocketman is wildly better, but Bohemian Rhapsody won all of the Oscars. Hilariously, uh, I objectively believe that Rocketman is wildly better. Every single person I know who was alive between like 1950 and now it has told me that the Freddie Mercury biopic was wildly inaccurate. It did not correctly address the amount of people that he had sex with. It just kind of like came out of nowhere that he had HIV. And Freddie Mercury was, like, six feet tall versus the dude who played him, who's fine as hell, is, like, f- five feet tall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was, like, a big minute of contention. But, yeah, um, publicly, I believe that the reception for Rocket Man was a lot better than the reception for the Mercury, Freddie Mercury biopic. Yeah. Maybe it's like the the public thought it was better, but critics thought the other one was better. Maybe that's what I, I think that's what happened. Um, yeah. There's, a, I, I think this, this took a jukebox musical and put it to a plot and adjusted it correctly versus a lot of jukebox musicals just take the songs and throw them in. And I feel like a lot of them really don't land anywhere, you know? Like, I yeah. love Mamma Mia!, uh, I haven't seen like a stage production of it, but I don't walk away feeling any special way or having felt like I learned any lessons. You know, I haven't heard a lot of great things about like the other jukebox musicals. I-, I feel like a lot of reviews that I've had for like a lot of other jukebox musicals have just been like, they're fine. It's just a compilation of things, but it's not great. Um, It can be lazy. It can be lazy. That's why I don't think I have anything else to say. But yeah, uh, I want to be my date to opening night when I produce this on Broadway. (laughs) Uh, I will produce it with you. I'll be the funding behind you. Perfect. Perfect. But yeah, I'll definitely be your date. If you don't mind, um, I would like to bring you a date and then you can bring actually Matt and then we'll just like become a married polyamorous couple all together. I'm sure that I can bring two. Like, I'm sure I could just have a plus two instead of a plus one. You know, let's take the sex out of it it, then. Let's do that. I don't think it needs to be like a pretend (laughs) that I'm one. And like, I I don't think I need to lie. I think I could just be like, I'm bringing two people. And I think that they would allow that. Okay, we'll have to check the producing it. Yeah, I built this thing, you know? So You built the city on <laughs> rock and roll. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. Yeah. Enjoy our end card. Enjoy our end card. You're welcome for listening to It's Broadway, Bitch. If you like what we had to say, then please like, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have thoughts, feelings, opinions, or stories about theater or what we talked about, you can email us at itsbroadwaybitch at gmail.com. That it's Broadway Bitch with no I in bitch at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at it's Broadway Bitch, no I in bitch. And you can follow me, Christina, at Chit and Chat for pictures of my cats on Instagram. 
And you can follow me, Alana, on Instagram and Twitter at Alana Fine Woman, like Feynman, but I'm a lady. Special thanks to Katie Braverman for designing our cover art and Jack Larkin for making our theme music. You can follow them at katie.braverman and at jacksterlark on Instagram and check out the episode description for links. I'm Alana. I'm the Broadway. I'm Christina. I'm the bitch. And we'll see you next time. It's